And so when we run functional labs, when we look at root causes, we get some indicators on where you have the most leaks. Where are your biggest bone dissolving contributors? And when you find those bone dissolving contributors, you can stop them. And when you stop them, then you can focus more on bone building. Welcome to Stronger Bones Lifestyle Podcast. I am Debbie Robinson, your host and guide on your Stronger Bones Lifestyle Journey. I'd like to speak about root causes of bone loss. This is important because the more you know about your bone health and the more you realize the aspects of bones and bone remodeling and what contributes to bone loss, the more you'll realize what really is in your control and what you can do about it. There are seven main causes of bone loss, inflammation, stress, mineral imbalance, hormonal imbalance, toxicity, acidity, and a sedentary lifestyle. Those are the seven main areas that contribute to bone loss. Let's discuss a little about each of them and how they do contribute to bone loss. So the first one, inflammation. Inflammation is big. And we hear often now that inflammation is the driver behind many diseases. And the, there's been a, a term coined inflammaging that is for those of us that are in that, you know, 50 plus range. And especially when you add inflammation to the, to the aspect, inflammation accelerates aging. So there's a term they say that's inflammaging. So inflammation is when your immune system is responding to something. What is your immune system responding to? One main area that we are exposed to things that will cause an immune reaction is through food. And this is because 80% of the immune system is in the gut. And the reason why is because from mouth to anus is a closed system and it is the outside world. When things go into your body, they become the inside world. They have to go through the mucosal barrier. They are picked up by the hepatic portal vein, which takes things to the liver. So the liver can determine what needs to be done. And then it's either put into the bloodstream to be absorbed or put into the bloodstream to be picked up by detoxification organs to be eliminated. So mouth to anus, closed system, outside world becoming the inside world. When things are in that space where they're going to become the inside world, that's where those triggers of inflammation can happen. So let's talk about the process of food. Food comes in, goes into the stomach. There may be things in the stomach that are impeding or affecting digestion. One of the big ones is H. pylori, which is a bacterial infection. And 50% of the population is said to have this. I'm going to tell you that I run functional labs on ladies with osteoporosis or osteopenia. I find this in a very high percentage of my population. And I asked a fellow health coach, do you find this percentage of H. pylori in your labs? And they said, no. I said, wow, I find it in my ladies with osteoporosis. So H. pylori, what, that, what is that going to do? Well, it alkalizes the stomach environment and it affects the ability to digest. 
So then the food comes into the small intestines, not fully digested. That's going to create a reaction with the gut microbes. It's going to create a reaction with the immune system. The immune system actually is on the inside of your body and it puts feelers into your intestines to see what's around. If something happens to come into the system that is bigger or not in the form that it's normally seen by your immune system, there will be an immune reaction. And so undigested food is one aspect. Undigested food coming into the small intestines then is not in the pro proper format to actually feed the good gut microbes, to feed the beneficial bacteria that actually help to maintain your mucosal barrier. So now your fortress, your fortress between the outside world and inside world might be compromised because you don't have enough of the good beneficial bacteria that is helping to support that mucosal barrier. That mucosal barrier is a single cell layer with a mucus layer and the good gut microbes help to maintain that. If there's a compromise in your fortress, we call it leaky gut. And if there is leaky gut, that means bigger particles of food may get through. And if bigger particles of food get through, the immune system is going to respond. What I notice in the labs that I run on women, I do a blood lab for this, looking at immunomarkers. We look at short-term markers, longer-term markers. There's even a potential allergy marker there. What we're looking for is sensitivity markers or immune markers. So the immune markers that I see in these labs are an indication of what is your body responding to. And believe it or not, it might be blueberries or almonds. And the reason why is because they might be in a bigger particle than they were supposed to be. Maybe they came through the system. And so for the ladies that have the leakiest guts, the most compromise in their gut lining, I see a lot of immune reactivity in their blood labs and their food sensitivity labs. Further down the track, and we need to make sure that the food and moves through the system, that you're able to have this proper flow of food moving through or the waste or the undigested material, the fiber that's in our diet, moving everything through. So I would say that a lot of the ladies that I work with have digestive issues, have constipation. We should actually poop every single day. We should have a bowel movement every day in the morning, unassisted by coffee. According to the natural harmonious biorhythm of our body, that's when a bowel movement would take place. We have the whole night of sleep, our liver and kidneys and detoxification is happening and processing is happening. And then in the morning you wake up and your body has to eliminate that. So this natural bowel movement in the morning should occur. And that's not the case for a lot of ladies. And so this way that I detect what's happening in the gut is I run a stool lab. And in that stool lab, I get a lot of that information. I also get to see, is your body managing pathogens or bacterial overgrowth or yeast overgrowth, which is going to contribute to inflammation. And also are there toxins? So I don't, I don't see toxic markers in the stool lab, but toxicity plays a role here because toxicity, if you're not able to digest food properly, if you don't have enough beneficial gut microbes, then the imbalance will take place everywhere. And so in the gut, we start to have this imbalance. And when there's an imbalance in the gut, it's a great place to start when you're starting to look for root causes and you want to actually heal and get to those root causes and stop them. I, the stool lab that I run that gives me a lot of this great information gives me some digestive markers of are you digesting well? 
potential inflammation markers, gut dysbiosis markers. Also, is there blood in your stool? So or do you have polyps or ulcers or is there something happening in your gut? So there's a lot of information that comes up here. And the two things that are going to build bones are mechanical stimulation. So we need that weight-bearing force, that demand for more from our bones. And then we need the nutrients. So we need to make sure that we are digesting, absorbing, and assimilating our nutrients. And we have to make sure that we're not stimulating the opposite, which would be inflammation and all of these other things that are going to contribute to bone dissolving and not bone building. We want to make sure that we're supporting bone building with our nutrients and not contributing to bone dissolving. So inflammation, toxicity in the gut, acidity, this is a, an area where acidity would be a factor because some foods can potentially be more acidic. High animal consumption can lead to acidity. Coffee can lead to acidity. Alcohol can lead to acidity. And then some of the toxic elements that may be on some foods that are being brought in. So that is some of those aspects there. Also hormones. There's a part of the gut, there's a lot of research on hormones and hormone production in the gut. So when the gut is not functioning properly, that's not going to manage hormones well. And estrogen is a bone protective hormone. We need estrogen. We need our hormones. Also stress, which is a root cause of bone loss. If we see a lot of stress in the gut, that comes through on the stool lab that I run. We're going to see stress because we're going to see inflammation and stress and a lot of activity there. So all of these things are interwoven. And I run a stool lab because I get so many of those root causes in the stool lab that I run. The other labs, I run other labs to look for root causes. I run a hair mineral lab to look for mineral imbalances because the minerals are the spark plugs of the body and they are used in all the body processes. So you need to make sure that you have adequate amount of minerals in order to create energy during cellular respiration and energy production. You need energy, not just so that you feel like, wow, can I get up and go? Can I, do I have energy to live? Not just that, you need internal cellular energy for bone building, for muscle building, for cell replication, for brain building, for all of the building activities that are taking place in our body, we need to make sure we have energy for nerves to transmit, for the heart to beat. We need energy. So you need to make sure that you have the nutrients you're digesting, absorbing, and assimilating them. And you need to make sure that you then have the minerals from that process. So I run a hair mineral lab to look at mineral levels because that's really important. And then I can be a little bit more targeted in my supplementation as well. And that's really helpful because you don't want to waste your money on unnecessary supplements and you want to take the supplements that you're going to benefit from the most. So running functional labs is going to give you a deeper look at what your body needs and a more individualized approach to your health. Acidity is another root cause. And with acidity, that can come from food. And the thing about acidity is that the body is always maintaining this precise pH level, 7.34 to 7.45. It's, it's a really tight number in the blood. And there's two main organs that will do this, the lungs and the kidneys. So those are the two main systems that manage acidity. 
the kidneys need alkalizing minerals. If it gets too acidic, they need alkalizing minerals. Well, those alkalizing minerals are in your bones. So your bones need to dissolve to release the alkalizing minerals for your body to manage that precise pH. The other are the lungs, the gas exchange of carbon dioxide and oxygen. So having deep breaths, having functional breathing, so being nose breathing and functionally breathing and being good at breath actually takes work because if we don't think about our breath and we're, we, if you have a lot of stress in your life, chronic stress can lead to some breath disruption patterns. Posture can contribute to some issues with the lungs and the diaphragm and how that functions. Some of the hip or pelvic imbalances can have effects on the diaphragm or the twisting or torquing the spine. A lot of the women that I work with have scoliosis or have some joint issues, whether that's spinal joint issues, hip or knee, or even feet issues. So all of this is related. And that's the that's why that has to be a comprehensive approach to bone health. It's not just a one fix. It has to be that you look at all of these different angles. So with acidity, you want to make sure that you have the right diet, that you have the right nutrients, that you have the right minerals to actually support the mechanisms inside that manage these body systems. And then we have the hormones, which in, in being in menopause, you want to be the best hormone producer you could be. That's what I say. I want to have the best hormones I can have at my age as a woman in menopause. So we want to make sure that the liver is functioning well and metabolizing your hormones down the correct pathway and not the more carcinogenic pathway. That's one of the markers I have on one of the labs that I run that looks at hormones. And so making sure that your liver is properly functioning, your kidneys. And so when we run functional labs, when we look at root causes, we get some indicators on where you have the most leaks. Where are your biggest bone dissolving contributors? And when you find those bone dissolving contributors, you can stop them. And when you stop them, then you can focus more on bone building. So the question comes up, is bone loss reversible? Well, I used to say that osteoporosis is reversible and I've changed my tune for this reason. Bone remodeling is a metabolic disease. It is a disease. Actually, osteoporosis is a disease state. Osteopenia is not a disease. The disease is when you have osteoporosis and that's a metabolic process. The bones are breaking down faster than they are building up. So when you uncover your root causes of bone loss and you are able to heal them, when you find out that you have bacterial overgrowths, when you find out that you have food sensitivities, that you have too much of an acidic load, that you have toxic exposure, that your liver is struggling, that you don't have enough digestive enzymes or enough stomach acid, when you find out all of these things and you heal them, you take away those bone dissolvers, those bone dissolving activities inside, and you're able to not dissolve those bones. And so when that happens, you're not dissolving at that rate. So we can actually slow down, stop, and reverse bone loss. Now, if you're somebody in the high fours or even in the high threes with osteoporosis, can you work for the next 15 years and do all that you can to get back to osteopenia? I'm going to say maybe, 
because we don't know, right? I'm going to say maybe you can. That would, that would require that you found all your bone dissolvers, that you put an end to them, and that you focused on as much bone building as possible. It's a lot easier to maintain what we have than it is to rebuild bone. So it is a lot easier to maintain. So stopping where you are now and now focusing on building from wherever you are now is great and the best we can do. Depending on how much loss there is, you can improve the health, the quality, and the strength of your bones. And that's important because that's what leads to fracture. The weaker the bones are, the more prone to fracture they are. It's not just the density of your bones. It is the quality of your bones. And so the DEXA scan gives us a DEXA reading or the density reading. There's other tests that you could do to look at quality. But the other factors that are important here is that not only do you focus on stopping the bone dissolvers when you run functional labs and you get to your root causes, you also are able to improve energy production, nutrient absorption. And so there's so many other factors. You're going to be producing more hormones or better hormones or metabolizing the hormones more effectively or in a more healthy pathway. So it's this whole entire, you're, we're a mind-body complex. We are this, this whole multicellular being. And when you get to your root causes and you stop those bone dissolvers, you are doing so many aspects of health. So what happens with the women that I work with running labs and helping them transform their bone health? The year checkup, when we check in a year later, many of them haven't had a DEXA scan yet because you get the DEXA scan every two years, right? So you can't, we can't qualify the success in that way. But what we can do is we can look at the mindset piece. We can look at the confidence piece, which is the biggest part for me. That's what I care about the most. How do you feel about what your capabilities are? What are you doing in your life now? What are you able to do in your life now that you weren't doing before we started working together? Because that's what I want. I got my life back. I want to give people, to give women their lives back. I want women to be able to ski if they want to ski, hike, give their grandkids piggyback rides, go and travel, do things that you used to do. Maybe play pickleball with your girlfriends, whatever it is. I, I want that. So when you can uncover all of those things, when I come back to that one-year checkup, digestive issues have cleared, energy is up, feeling confident, pooping every day, big, beautiful, fluffy poops, I like to say. We want to have formed, fluffy poops. Not too fluffy so that they're soft, but formed, because that means your detoxification pathways are working, you're absorbing nutrients, you're eating enough fiber. I call fiber and the food that we need to eat to support dig digestion or detoxification and digestion, I call it, we need to create a school bus. So you want to have enough fiber that is like a school bus so that the naughty little bacteria or unfriendly bacteria or whatever the cellular debris and breakdown and stuff that we don't need anymore jumps on that bus and we poop it out. So that one year checkup for ladies is amazing when they tell me that they feel like they have control. One woman recently, I asked her at her one year checkup or check in, I like to call it a check in. How are you doing? She said, I'm doing amazing considering that last year I was laying in my bed crying, worried about my bones and not knowing what I was going to do. She was only 60 years old. What was she going to do for the next 40 years of her life? 
and she was laying in her bed crying. And she said, now I feel like I have the information. I have what I need to take care of my bones in the way that I need to, so that I could rely on them for the rest of my life. So I'll leave you with this one question. Let's say you're going to live to 100. Okay, let's choose the number 100. How many more years do you have to live? And when you find that number, because it's a lot of years, right? 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, depending on what age you are. What do you want those years to look like? What do you want to do with those years? That is the driver for you to do all that you can to take charge, take control of your bone health. Do all that you can to build the strongest, most dense, best quality bones possible because it is possible. And I see it every day in the ladies that I work with, in the classes that I teach, the workshops that I teach. I know it's possible. I did it in my body. I see it in theirs. And that's what I want for you. So I hope to see you, meet you, or work with you in the future and help you reclaim your best life and take charge of your bone health. Thank you so much for listening to Stronger Bones Lifestyle Podcast. Bone loss is not an inevitable part of aging. We don't have to just wait for it to happen. There is so much that you can do. And that is what you will learn each week on the show. Go to my website, debbierobinson.com. If you want more information about what was shared in today's episode, at the bottom of this episode in the show notes, there will be links to whatever was shared. Please subscribe to this podcast. Share this podcast with your friends, your family, or any women that you think may be interested or benefit from the information we're sharing. Please rate the podcast. And if you have any questions you'd like asked or answered, I would love to hear from you. Let's do this, ladies. Let's change the way the world views osteoporosis and slow down, stop, or reverse our bone loss, take charge, and show other ladies what is possible. Thank you so much for joining me.